Hey, today we're going to do things a little, little bit different. Um, if this is your first time with us, uh, just know this is not our norm, okay? Uh, come back next week, and uh, this is not our norm. In fact, turn to your neighbor and say, he's not normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Don't say he's always not normal, but uh, so. now we're going to, what I want to do today is do a little bit of uh, kind of a state, state of the union, state of the church, uh, kind of give us a brief overview about where we've been as a church, uh, where we are right now, and then spend a little more time talking about where we're going and uh, how we're going to get there. Uh, in November of 2004, God really began to stir in the imaginations of a lot of people. And uh, he challenged a group of us to begin to think outside the box, uh, to go back to God's word and look at God's word and what what the church should look like. Um, basically, toss out our, our selfish agendas, our, our personal preferences, you know, the preconceived ideas that we kind of bring to the table, and just focus on really pleasing God, uh, reaching out to people in the name of Jesus Christ and helping people grow in their faith. And we've said those are, those are our two, two uh, things that we try and accomplish, reach people for Christ and grow, grow in our faith. And as a church, we put the highest premium on people. And because people matter to God, I believe they matter to us and that they should be the highest priority. And so a, a small group of 43 people jumped. You know, they just dove in, not face first, but faith first. And I believe God ha- has honored that. Uh, it was basically a group saying, okay, God, we're not sure where, we're not sure how, but we're yours. Use us however you see fit. And... There's something I've come to understand over the last few years. I mean, I've been in ministry since I was 16. And uh, I understand that when people give their hearts fully to God, God's heart's moved. You know, Second uh, Chronicles, it says, The eye of the Lord ranges throughout the earth to s- strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And I believe God has guided our steps, has given us insight as we've made decisions. Uh, I, I have just been amazed at the different ways that God has provided for us along the way. And I think all you've got to do is look around here. Those, those of you that have been with us since the beginning, you look around and God's doing some significant things through this church, in, in this community, and around the world. And... Uh, we're, we're in our fifth location, which I've always said, it means you've got to be smart to figure out where we're worshiping. But uh, just curious, and you don't need to stand up, but maybe just wave your hand. How many of you were at those first meetings when we were meeting in the Davis home? All right. Seems like yesterday and seems like a long time ago, both, both at the same. How many of you were at Julia's? That's when you started coming to the church was Julia's at the mall, church at the mall. The kids used to go, we going to the mall again? I like going to church out there. So, all right. Lewis and Clark Community College. How many of you joined with us then? 
All right. Quite a few. Alton Little Theater. And here, here at Alton High. How many of you here? Okay. All right. I was just curious because God's used each one of those uh, places to make an impact in, in people's lives. And it has been amazing to watch God use this church. And uh, I believe the church has grown specifically because people have grown in their faith and they've grown in their relationship with God. And I believe when you put God first, God honors that. And so, you know, I have watched people through our entire time. I've watched and they've just jumped. You know, they've taken steps to live beyond themselves, to use their their talents in in ministry. Uh, This place is a beehive in the morning, uh, hours and hours before we we start. uh, People doing things, you know, people jumping and and volunteering uh, of their times and their talents. You know, I think I told you, we had our uh, volunteer appreciation dinner uh, not long ago. And I was sitting there, and I, I'm an observer, and I kind of let God play with my head once in a while. And I was sitting there, and I was thinking about, we had three times as many people at that event that are given of their time and talent than we did that started the church. And it was, you know, kind of one of them awing moments. I always kind of get to the corner where I can kind of take it all in and just, you know, just a wow moment, way to go, God. And um, a lot of times people will ask me, they'll say, are you, are you surprised that the church has grown like it has, that it's been able to do what it's been able to do at this point? And it, you know if you've asked me that, I think I always startle people because I say, not really. I'm not really surprised. I mean, this, this has been a generous church, a giving church, a church that's gladly living beyond themselves, that's given God that priority. And so, hear this, I'm amazed, but I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, because God's word through and through says when, when you honor, when you, when you live beyond yourself, that, that he moves. Second Corinthians 9, the Apostle Paul says, remember this, Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And I believe not only is that something that applies to us personally in our lives, I believe as a church. If a church has that mentality, God says, you know what, if you sow, I'll, I'll give you the, the harvest in that. And uh, so God, God has blessed us through the years. Uh, 2008, we began the process, and I talked a little bit about this last week, but began the process of looking for property. And we really just said, okay, God, what, what should we be looking for? And we, we knew that we needed to find something near the interstate, something that was easy access, easy to, to, to get to, and that had plenty of room for expansion. And after we looked at a lot of different options, and I mean a lot, uh, there were times I've just shaken my head, like, how many more pieces do we have to look at? And we ran into some snags along the way. But ultimately, we bought the property that we're building on right now. is right at 19 acres, uh, $340,000 for, for the property. And uh, we're a half mile off of the 255 interchange. And, uh, you know, it has, it has just been amazing as God, God's work. In September of 2006, um, 63 families jumped, and I mean big-time jump. 
they, they committed three years, over a three-year period of time, they committed $870,000. Um, like I said, I've been in ministry a long time, and I just kind of, it's one of them step back and go, wow, God, you know. And I think each time, whether it was when we jumped to start the church or we were looking for property or trying to raise, raise capital, I, I think God has noticed this church, taking those jumps, taking those leaps of faith. And uh, I, I have always pictured God kind of scanning the, the globe and uh, finding the United States and then kind of zeroing in on the St. Louis area and then fixing on a group of people called Faith Fellowship. And I think God looked each time and just says, you know what, they trust me. They... they have given me a place in their lives. They've, they put it on the line. They're willing to dive, you know, to take that deep water faith. They're just willing to jump. And I think not only did God notice, I kind of picture God smiling. And I know, I know for a fact, God has blessed us as a church. And, you know, since that, that very beginning stage, I've watched this church grow. I've seen people plug in to their faith. Uh, I've seen people give their lives to Jesus Christ. I've seen people step up and, and serve, get in small groups. And it's been something to watch. And even more important, it's been something to be, it's been an incredible experience to be a part of. You know, the psalmist says, uh, commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust him to help you do it, and he will. And God, God's been faithful. God's been faithful with that. Uh, people jumped, committed themselves, and says, use us, we trust you, here we are. And, and God was moved, and things, things have happened rapidly around here, uh, way rapidly at times. Sometimes I feel like I'm on a speedboat, you know, it's just like fast. And, uh, you know, since that time, and I'm going to kind of move fast here, but we, we hired an architect, uh, they designed the facility, um, we come up with long-range plans, and we're real close to finishing the, the first phase of that project. Um, how, many, how many of you have been out to the site? All right. How many of you have been in the site? How many of you have broke into the site? <laughs> you, you, you're laughing, but I, I've actually had people say, you know, I figured out, and if I really worked on that door really well, I got in, you know. <laughs> but... Uh, uh, former life or something, I don't know. But um, the fact is, a very basic uh, design, if you haven't been out there, uh, it's an auditorium, much like what, what we're sitting in here, very, very similar, uh, theater seating, uh, seats uh, about 520, and um, there's a large common area, we're, we're calling it, it's kind of the gathering, gathering space, uh, info center, Cafe, thanks Starbucks, okay, I'm a big Starbucks fan, but uh, uh, nursery, toddler suite, and uh, parking for about 200 people. Um, the next phase of that is going to be very kid-centric. That's for another day and time we can ta talk about. But uh, if, if you haven't seen that, stop by the info desk. I think they've still got plans out there of, of the site. You can see it in more detail. But as I have looked at the last three years and spent time just thinking about what, what God's done, it's amazing, but it's even more amazing as I look to the future because I believe God's best is ahead for us. You know, Mark nine twenty three says, everything's possible for the one who believes. 
which means sometimes you just got to jump. You got to expand your faith. You got to got to just step step out there. Matthew Wright says, "According to your faith, it will be done to you." When I read that, I, I think, you know what? God says you get to choose. You get to choose what kind of life you want to lead, what what the future is going to look like. And then Hebrews, uh, Paul writes, or I believe Paul wrote uh, the book of Hebrews, but he says, "Without faith, it's impossible to please God." which means we should continually uh, step up and, and allow God to, to use us and to, in faith, just keep taking our steps. And so, you know, sometimes you just got to jump. You got to dive. You got to take risks, uh, attempt to do something that you know you couldn't do on your own, that without, without God, you're going to fail. And, you know, there, there are times in life you just got to believe God for a miracle. And that you take that step, not knowing what's ahead, but you get off the sidelines and you just jump. You just got to jump. And um, I've said regularly around here, do not be afraid to rock the boat. How many of you like to rock the boat in life? I mean, seriously, I I like rocking the boat. It's okay. And it's really okay if God's the captain. If God's the captain, you should never be afraid of that. I was sitting with uh, our exec team the other day, and um, you know, just uh, the blunt of it, our, our uh, financial numbers of what the building's going to cost were a little bit higher than we expected. And I'm going to guess just because of gas and, and the way things have kind of cranked up. And so they were a little bit higher, and we were talking about that and kind of looking at where we're going to go as a church. And... Um, I'll be honest with you because I've been through building projects and, and things of this nature that that water felt very familiar to me. And what I expected to hear, okay, what I expected to hear was a little bit of fear, a little bit of hesitation. And, you know, hey, maybe, maybe we ought to do this and, you know, just chop that off and forget that and this kind of thing. But I didn't. I was sitting with this group, and there was a real sense of of calm. And then finally, someone said to the extent, Damon, it's what God's called us to, all in. All in. That one stuck stuck in my head. You know, God has a plan. And God's going to take us, and this is what really got me, God's going to take us where God wants us, whatever that is, good or bad. Now, I'll be honest with you. At first, I was thinking, now, wait a minute, I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to say stuff like that, not you. But I, in that moment, and there were several moments that evening, I just kind of caught myself, and I thought, yay, God, yay, God. I mean, I heard a lot of words of faith and trust, encouragement, um, and I just, I went away from there and said, wow, how incredible is God? And, you know, I believe too many Christians live life in the shallows. You know, it's one of those, it's like, yeah, I get my toe wet, you know, and that's where most people live. But, you know, God's always inviting us to jump, to dive in, to get in deep. And, and I think one of the problems that, that we face is, that many times we start asking the wrong questions. You know, what's other people going to think? 
what if we fail? You know, how much is it going to cost? What if, what if, what if, and we've talked a lot about that in the last few weeks. But friends, there is something worse than failure. And that's living with the fear of failure. You know why? Because when you live with the fear of failure, it's with you all the time. It's with you continually. Let me ask you, do you recognize these names? Shamwa, Shaphat, Igel, Gadil, Gadai, Sether, Nabi, Gerul. Recognize those names? You're thinking, man, somebody come up with bad names for their kids. Whew. Yeah. Those were the ten spies that went into the promised land. And they came back from the promised land, and they're going, there's no way. It can't be done. It's impossible. And nobody remembers them. None of us. You know, every time I read, I'm like, boy, those are names that are mentioned once and, and forgotten. But the two spies that came back, because there were 12 of them that went, the two spies that came back and said, you know what, let's go for it. Let's jump. We can, we can do it. God will give us the strength. We're Joshua and Caleb. And those two people remember. You know, sometimes you just got to jump, you know, and I have said I've been blessed as a, as a pastor. I get embarrassed when I'm with other pastors and they're complaining and talking about the woes of ministry because I've been blessed with leadership in a church that seizes the future, that looks at the future and says, you know what, let's jump, let's do it, let's go for it, let's take risks, let's lay it on the line, let's put our monies where our mouths are, let's do it. And I said last week that I figured out that when you seek God, when you, when you really seek God, God will take you beyond what you know, where you're comfortable, and what you can do on your own. And, and I think that's where God wants us because that's where God says, now you've got to rely on me, you've got to trust me. It's a trust thing. Now I said a year and a half ago, uh, we put together 870,000. What, what I need to also say with that is that normally experts will tell you, the people that do capital campaigns all the time, that you'll see about 80% of that money because what happens is people move, people uh, change, the circumstances get, get sideways for whatever reason. And so what I want to tell you is at this point... We, we're now 18 months into that. We've brought in about 500000 at this point, and we have crunched the, the numbers, looked at it, and this is a really solid uh, projection that we will see about 767000 of that, um, which is 87%, which is through the roof uh, as I talk to people that work in, work in this realm. Since putting the capital together, we paid off the land. Uh, we then turned around and used it as leverage for loans, but uh, we did pay it off. Uh, we've paid most of our architectural fees, and we've been paying on the construction loan as it's been, been going up. Uh, latest projections as we look to the future for building, rest of architect stuff, parking lot, equipment for outfitting. I'm not talking about pencils, okay, but you know, any uh, 
um, you know, tables and stuff that are going to be coming coming into the space, electronic things. Uh, 2.9 million. So that's kind of where we're at at this point. Uh, we're moving on schedule. We anticipate opening the building the first part of July. Um, so if you've heard other other than that, uh, it's not true. Because I have people call me all the time. They go, hey, I heard we're not going to be opening for another year. I've heard we're not opening until Christmas. No, we're looking at July at this at this point. Uh, and that's kind of a quick history of where we are now. Um, those of you that have sacrificed for that, uh, I want to say thank you. Uh, you've given of yourself, uh, you've, you've been serving financially, you, you've sacrificed, and you've got us to, to this point. You've been willing to listen to God and allow God to use you. And uh, it's been amazing to just watch people didn't hesitate jumping. And you may not realize right now what you're a part of, but I guarantee you in eternity you will. You're going to see exponentially. There are going to be people that are going to thank you. They're going to say, you know what, because of what you did, and it may be 100 years from now, but they're going to make the connection and go, you changed my life. Now, I know many of you were not with us 18 months ago, and what I want to ask several things of you. Um, first, that you would commit yourself uh, to praying for this church. We have, all, those of us that have been running with the church a long time, we specifically pray for certain things. I've asked people to pray for this church, pray for faith fellowship, you know, pray for the ministries of this church, pray for the leadership of this church, that God will continue to use this church to impact people's lives, to, to mark eternity. And to ask God to show you how the, the people in your life that are not, don't really have a relationship with God. They're not actively pursuing that relationship with God. Ask God to show you who those people are in your life. We all have them. And to ask God how you can reach them and invite them. You know, one of the easy things to do, I tell people, you don't have to throw the whole plan of salvation out to them. Just bring them with you to church. You know, go, hey, come, come out with me. Do not, hear this, do not... If someone's real active in their church, because I know how this goes, it's like, you really ought to leave the, you know, the Christian church or the Baptist church or the Methodist church. I come to our church. Don't do that. That's not what we're about. That, that's, we are about reaching lost people. And so don't, don't leverage people that way. Um, you know, honor God. And, you know, if someone says, hey, I'm thinking about, look, you know, we're out looking, that's a different story. That's a different story. But, uh, Again, just ask God to open your eyes. Ask God to show you in, in your prayers what he can do through you. Um, and I know many of you have made the, the financial commitments. And I'll tell you, it's been a blessing because people have been so consistent and regular with that. Uh, our bookkeeper thanks you. Uh, you know, seriously, uh, just knowing that there's a consistency Keep at it. Uh, we've got another 18 months on that. But here's what I want to say. If you've not made a commitment, I want to give you a little bit of homework today. And uh, don't panic. Uh, this is stuff that I believe helps us all face the future. Again, pray. 
you know, prayer is the most important thing that we can do is to just say, okay, God, what do you want to do through me? And then I want to encourage you uh, after, after this service, there's going to be folks at the door. This is a uh, CD, and it's a, it's a prayer tour CD. And this is what I know. Um, people that, in fact, raise your hand if you went on the prayer tour. You know, some of you did this. We did this about a year and a half ago. I've had people come up to me. Usually I'm greeted like this about the CD. They go, thanks a lot. You messed my life up. Now, that's a good endorsement for getting this, isn't it? <laughs> but what, they, what they've said to me, and I've had numerous people, uh, they said, I went on that prayer tour, and I can't look at the world the same. You've messed it up. When I go to the grocery store, I think different. When I drive by or you know, take my uh, dry cleaning, I'm thinking different. And that they point to this as being a life change moment. And so I, I would really encourage you to, to stop by and, and grab one of these. And uh, they'll be available after the service. The ushers will have them at the, at the door. And just, just take one of them. And what I'd ask you to do is go on a prayer tour sometime this week. It takes about an hour, all right, unless, unless you drive really slow. Then it might take you a little bit longer. But um, basically, you get in your car, put this in the CD player, and you start out in your driveway, and it's going to take you through some questions, make you think about your, you know, your neighborhood a little bit different, and then it'll give you, there's a time where there's just some instrumental music where you can kind of lift that up in prayer, meditate, uh, you know, ask God to speak to you, then put it on pause, drive to the next space, and there's a little card in here that talks about what kind of space you're to look for. But, friends, I really believe, just do it for your Christian life. It will make you think different. It'll get you outside side the box and... Uh, It'll, it'll help you as you begin to say, okay, God, what do, you, what do you want me to do? Now, everyone should have got today one of, one of the commitment cards. And if you've already filled one of these out, just take it and set it down and, you know, forget about it. Because what you did is what's continuing on. This, this doesn't apply. Um, but I want to explain. You can, basically, you can tune me out. I give you permission to tune me out for a couple minutes if you already did that. But I want to explain a little bit because I know for some this is something new. Uh, and we need to be on the same page about what we're talking about. You know, presently, many of you give to the general operating. You know, when you put your money in the offering on Sunday morning, it goes to help motor the ministries of the church uh, it helps us with equipment, uh, facility rentals right now, uh, programming, missions, staff salaries. When we get to the new side, it would go for like paying uh, utilities and, and things of that nature. The imagined commitment, this commitment, is beyond that giving. So d- don't, don't say, well, I've got to make a choice and quit giving to general and start giving to this. Don't do that. Uh, that's not helpful. This, this is money that's committed toward, toward the building, and it's a 17-month commitment. Most of us made three-year commitments. This is a 17-month commitment because what, what we're doing is all of us will be done with our commitments at the, at the same point. Um, 
I know that for some, because of station in life, uh, you know, you're able to do stuff up front. That's very helpful for us. Uh, but it's also helpful if you can just be consistent, regular with weekly or monthly giving. Uh, there's space on there. I know our last campaign, we had several people that gave stock uh, in that campaign. And if that's an option for you, let me tell you something, uh, because I've had people get burned with this. Do not go sell the stock and then call the church and say, hey, I want to give this money. You will cost yourself thousands of dollars. Uh, Just mark on there that, hey, I'd like to talk to someone and we'll help you with that process because you do not have to pay capital gains on any of that. Uh, and there's a lot of things that be, can be done that will, will help you, that will uh, financially, you just look and go, wow, saved, saved a lot on that. So we're all in different places financially, right? We know that, right? We're all in different places in, in our lives. And we have talked a lot around here about not equal gifts but equal sacrifice, And people go, well, what's that mean? Well, what that means is we're all blessed in different ways. And everyone cannot and should not do the same thing. You know, what it means is we can all leverage in and make equal sacrifices. And what is a sacrifice for you is different for me, is different for your neighbor, different for, you know, we're all in different places. But again, what could God do through you? You know, just ask God to guide you, to help you make a decision, to honor God in a a sacrificial way, whatever that is. And then the biggest thing, you know, I've always told people, if it's begrudgingly or you go, I I really hate, I don't want to do that, don't. Give cheerfully. You know, make make that commitment. I'm asking people over the next two weeks. In other words, uh, next Sunday is the 20th or the 27th. If you're going to make a commitment, do that so it helps us as we're moving forward. But, you know, make that commitment and then follow through as God provides. Now, let's shift gears, all right? Everybody just take a big breath. Done with the hard stuff, right? That's what you're all thinking. (laughs) What's on the horizon for us? Well, I'm going to be meeting with various ministries, and we got a lot of them in the church. And what I'm going to do is meet with them at the new facility. Uh, I want to help them understand the space, begin to identify our needs as we move forward, uh, do some retooling, uh, make some changes, talk about how we can do things better, talk about some of the obstacles. There will be obstacles as we step into the new space. And most important, I want to talk about how we continue to grow, how we continue to reach people for Christ. And, you know, something we committed to early on in, the, in this whole process was that we are about people, not buildings. And, you know, if you've ever said something like, oh, boy, all, all our, you know, when we get in the new building, man, it'll really be something. And that building's going to do. The building is a tool. It's a tool, and we will use it as long as God has us use it, and we, but we're not attached to it. That's the great thing about moving around from facility to facility is we just learned that it really doesn't matter where you are. God can do ministry. Now, we're looking at opening the first part of July. We're going to be very strategic about opening. We're going to open in three stages. In other words, first of July... 
we're all going to gather. Us. Family. You know, this isn't a time you go ask everybody and their neighbors to, to show up. Because we really want to get in the facility. And I'll just be honest with you. It's a pride thing, probably. I would rather fall on my face in front of all of you. <laughs> now, it, it'll give us time to work the bugs out. It'll give us time to work the bugs out. First Sunday in August, now we invite friends and family that aren't attending churches somewhere. Come with me. You've got to check out. See, it becomes a leverage point because there are people that... They'll go, I don't know about church, but I would like to see inside that building. And I believe if they look inside our building, they'll get hooked. They'll go, whoa, that's a little different music than I thought a church did. I mean, especially Van Halen. I mean, come on. (laughs) Now, that's rock. (laughs) And that was in the good years when it really was a rock group before Sammy Hager came along. So, oh. (laughs) But uh, now, move us the weekend after Labor Day. Now we're going to open up to the community and we're going to make big push. Advertising-wise, uh, I plan on leveraging the free media. You know, we can get news stations over this way, newspapers, whatever. We will do everything we can to say, community, we're open. Because we believe we'll have, really have the bugs worked out by then. You know, it's been an amazing journey as I've watched God work with us. And, you know, there are times we don't have the talent or the skills. It's not because we're all that bright, but I think it's because of heart that God says, you know what, I'm going to keep using them. Deuteronomy 4.9 says, be careful to never forget what you've seen God doing for you. May his miracles have a deep and permanent effect on your lives. Tell your children and your grandchildren. God says, don't forget the things you've learned from experience. And here's the problem. I believe we are great forgetters. We forget things over and over and over again. You know, it's what happened to the children of Israel. You know, they spent 40 years out in the wilderness, and I've said this before, on a trip that should have taken two weeks. And they spent 40 years. Think about that. Just get your mind around that. But you know why? Because they kept forgetting what God had done for them. God would perform a miracle like sending locusts. sending the angel of death, all these things that ultimately they were able to leave Egypt, leave slavery. God parted the sea. I was thinking about that, Charleston Heston passing away. That's the picture I have of him, you know, when he parted the sea, he played Moses. But God performed a miracle, and they would complain. God would perform a miracle, and they would act like God had never done anything. And, friends, there are some things in life that you only learn by going through them and experiencing them. I mean, you could go to Bible study seven nights a week, study the Bible cover to cover, read it once a month, read the the whole thing. And there are some things you never learn until you experience it. I mean, you can talk about faith, but it's another thing when you jump in faith. 
you know, you can, you can study about sacrifice or giving or faith, you know, in your, in your small group. But until you do it, friends, it's just a theory. It's just a theory. Some things you just learn by going through them. And here's a couple things I've learned through this process is, one, God's in control. God is in control. God has demonstrated it over and over again in the last three years as I've looked. God, God has performed miracles in our midst. He has helped us through circumstances. You know, some people would say, well, that was a coincidence. I'd say it was God. God's answered prayers. He's changed lives. I've watched marriages that have been salvaged. I've seen people uh, freed from from addictions. I've seen individuals bow a knee and give it to Jesus Christ and give their hearts. And I, I honestly, I could spend the whole morning and just tell you story after story of how God's moved and made a difference in people's lives. And the fact is, when, when you jump... In faith, when you dive in, God moves. God's in control. You know, the psalmist, Psalm 77 says, you are the God of miracles and wonders. Now get this, you still demonstrate your awesome power. Why does God do miracles today? I think to remind us he's in charge. You know, you, you don't base your faith only on what you read. See, it's one thing, read your Bible. It helps strengthen your faith, but it's when you actually experience or see people's lives change, that it, that it really hits you. And God still does that. You know, those times when you feel hopeless, when you feel defeated, when you feel outgunned, you remember God's in control. I've also learned you can't outgive God. And I've known this most of, most of my ministry. You know, I've heard testimony upon testimony in this church where people say, you know what, this is what happened. You know, I stepped up and look what God did. You can't outgive God. I don't care what you're talking about. You can talk about your time. And there's something magically that, that happens. Maybe magic's not the right word, but, you know, when you give your time, all of a sudden God says, you know what, I can multiply that time. You give your talents and, and God leverages those. You give your gifts, you know, finances, whatever. It doesn't really matter. God will outpace you. He is the master of multiplication in life. And you know what? If God never did anything for us, anything else, you still could not give him. I think about the fact he sent his son to die on the cross for us, that he has marked my life. He, he's given me forgiveness. And I know eternity is around the corner. And if that's all he ever gave me, it's, that's pretty big. That's pretty big. You know, Paul writes this. And we've read part of this earlier. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. And then if you jump down two verses, Paul says, if you do that, here's the result. God is able to make it up to you by giving you everything you need and more so that there will not only be enough for your own needs, but plenty left over to give joyfully to others. It's a biblical principle. As you sow, you reap in life. You know, God promises that. You know, how? Now, I've said, God does that many ways. Sometimes he, he's blessed me spiritually, you know, emotionally. You know, he's been there relationally, vocationally. Sometimes, sometimes financially. Sometimes physically, you know, health, those types of things. 
but definitely, eternally, you know, some 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 of the the uh, benefits, some of the the uh, rewards are on heaven's side. You know, I've watched people being blessed, and I've just figured out you cannot give God. And then I believe you grow when you jump. When you jump and give your life to Jesus Christ, you grow, right? Those of you that have taken that step in recent years, God grows you. Some of you have jumped and started serving, and you grow when you serve. You know, you you jump and you give of your time and your talents or your money. You grow. It's just a fact. I've watched people jump, and God's using them in ways that they never imagined. Regularly, I'll have people go, you know, Damon, I don't know how I ended up doing this, and I wouldn't have guessed this in a million years, but wow, God's using me. This is so cool. I can't believe, you know. And then... I'll hear the funny stories where someone else walks up to him and goes, I can't believe you're doing this, you know, or I can't believe you're going to church, you know, or whatever. Most Christians just live ho-hum lives. And around here, I watch people get jazzed about their faith. You know, most Christians do what they think is possible. Most churches do what they think is possible. And I have always said, if you do what you think's possible, you do not need God in your life. I serve a God that does the impossible, that makes the possible, makes the impossible possible in life. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 19 says, Jesus looked at them intently. I find that interesting. He looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it's impossible, but with God, everything's possible. And I've watched some of you jump, and I've watched your faith grow, and I've watched you sacrifice, and I've watched you find purpose, you know, and as a pastor, it does, I mean, I'm proud, I'm proud, because people are letting God use them, believe God for that which seems impossible in your life, believe God, because he's a God that can do whatever, and God is faithful, and just the bottom line is, Sometimes you just, just got to jump. And this church is pretty good at jumping, isn't it? It's been an amazing thing. So, All right, again, this is not the norm, okay? So next week we get back to business as normal. Ushers are going to be uh, available as you're exiting. If you didn't get a chance, pick up the CD. Seriously, just do it for your, for your Christian walk. It's... Uh, um, It'll, it'll mark you. It'll mark you big time. So let's stand for a word of prayer together. Our holy God. God, sometimes you just say jump. God, there's fear. Sometimes the anxiety level gets sky high. Sometimes we just take a big breath. But God, I know when we jump, you're always there to catch us. You're always there to pick us up. You know, there's no better place to be than in your hands. God, I thank you for this church. I thank you for the people that call Faith Fellowship home. God, I pray that you continue to 
unfold our future. God, I thank you that you truly are trustworthy and faithful. God, forgive us those times we fail. Forgive us those times we let fear paralyze us. God, I just thank you for the future you have in store for us. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen.